You're about to listen to an original podcast concerning the early 2018 death of Charlottesville resident Molly Miller. The purpose of this podcast is to inform and educate. It is not to be confused with a legal investigation. Opinions expressed are solely those of the participants. The following contains adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. for listening to Missing Molly, an original podcast concerning the early 2018 death of Charlottesville resident Molly Miller. Opinions expressed have been solely those of the participants. Missing Molly was written and produced by Kimberly Lowe, with engineering and editing from Mike Friend. Original artwork from Natalie Jacobson. Music composed and performed by Sam Whedon. Digital assistance is from John Taylor. With special thanks to Todd Ely, Lori Goodbody, Stephanie Bottoms, Josh Bontrager, Tina Hicks, Courtney Stewart, Lloyd Snook, and Edward Thomas. For more information, you can contact Missing Molly Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so this is a special episode entitled Down the Rabbit Hole. The reason that I am producing this episode is because of some unanswered questions. And like the title suggests, it's going down a rabbit hole. And joining me is a very special guest, an associate producer and research assistant, Russ. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Kimberly. It's Russ Naranjo. I I always botch your name. Everyone botches it. (laughs) I'm sorry. Russ Navarro, and apparently, no, it comes with the the turf of having a last name called Naranjo. But yeah, we've been doing this for over a year now. Exactly. And you have been, I don't think, well, I don't think any of our listeners know, you have been very helpful in helping me do research, which was so essential to producing an accurate podcast. Well, you know, it's interesting how we've met. Okay. I look back, um, you know, I was doing the hot yoga and I ran across Elephant Journal Mm -hmm. and I saw that you were from here. Actually, someone referred me. I, I don't know what it was. And that's how we connected on Facebook. And then you, I heard the first podcast. And this was kind of something that it, it did hit the news. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of things that hit the news in this town, it goes away. Even if it doesn't sound right, it just goes away. You brought it up and I listened to it. And I remember I texted you and I go, this is pretty frightening. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Then we met. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, I had contacts at um, FedEx. Mm-hmm. And I was able to break that. 
there are a lot of things about this that it's the deeper you dig, the creepier it gets. It's really crazy. And also, uh, to let the listeners know, you have a journalism background, well, which was so I was a helpful. reporter. Journalism's going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a reporter for two years, and I was a producer for uh five years in radio so i had a, a reporter's background that, that's yeah. more experience than i had just for the record <laughs> one thing uh that is worth noting is that it was a former co-worker of yours who was one of the last people to see molly miller uh, alive before she disappeared yes. he worked at uh at fedex mm-hmm. and waited on her that day and he has an, a memory that is like an almanac i've never met anyone who had a memory like that he gave us all the information that happened on exactly that time when she walked in what mm-hmm. she was wearing, mm-hmm. and the dog was there, mm-hmm. and everything like that. You know, it's it's interesting how people outside of the area react to this story. Um, he's from Lynchburg. Mm-hmm. I have people that are reacting to this story, Culpepper, Stanton, mm-hmm. Richmond, mm-hmm. Boston, Massachusetts. This is reaching. It's just interesting how there's a Charlottesville and an outside of the Charlottesville. And I really look at this town a lot different now. And, uh Oh, so do I. I mean, and just to um, elaborate on that, I've had listeners from all over. I've even had people listen in other countries. And the one thing that everybody agrees upon is that this is really strange. I think that that is the one thing that is just completely, you know, without controversy to say this was a very strange case. And it was handled in a very bizarre fashion. And one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast was because, well, as you know from our discussions, there was always one individual that kept popping up. And you could not have made this individual up if you had tried. And this individual was the person who had become a very close friend of Edward Thomas's and arranged those infamous parties at his house, which Molly Miller attended. Right. And even more interestingly, this man was well, if not friends, at least very much acquainted with one of the other people that she was involved with, one of her main relationships. Before we get into that, there's something I wanted to bring up about who blew this. I'm not one to point the fingers at the Charlottesville police. One thing that a lot of people we live with here is the Unite the Right rally that happened. Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of Charlottesville police officers were writing letters to their kids and putting them in envelopes the night before they reported to work that day because they weren't sure if they're going to come home. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I... but the press blew this. Charlottesville's local media blew this. We're talking about something that happened in a newsroom. I don't care where you are, but especially in Charlottesville, nothing is going on in the world of news between Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Absolutely. Um, it's dead. There is nothing going on. And this was sitting right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that newspapers are taking a hit. I can understand that. TV stations, um, I will say that one of the networks here actually put an effort into it mm-hmm. we know what channel is it oh uh, it was cbs 19 19 they they did you know they put an effort into it you know saga i guess they we know what their real interest is to run radio stations out but they have a full newsroom over there i uh, used to work there when i was with wina mm-hmm. they, they they could have done a better job and there's a lot of a uh, there's also a local weekly uh, the seville which i think completely blew it Uh, I have an interesting anecdote to share about that. So uh, there is a Virginia Film Festival, which is held Mm. in the fall. And I actually had someone that was very high up at the uh, the Seville Weekly who came up to me and uh, they said to me, oh, so you're the one who did the podcast about the Molly Miller murder. Murder. And I I, I put up my hands and I said, I never said anything about murder. I never said that she was murdered. Uh, And, you know, I went through my bit about how really it was to see 
this it was really to see how this investigation was botched and they shared with me oh yeah several people on my staff wanted to uh, said that we should have covered it and i remember it was a very awkward you know silent for a couple seconds and i said well why didn't you i mean surely this was a story that had everything to, that you could have wanted it had you know sex intrigue and and, oh, and a dead body no it had everything yeah it, it, i mean i mean especially in a town as small as charlottesville and, and there's well you know seaville's supposed to be the village voice yeah the washington city paper the yeah. boston phoenix instead we find out no offense to anyone out there who the best realtor is or the best yeah. place to uh, buy your shoes or, or the best or, place to get a haircut yeah don't, stuff don't like forget. that you know yeah. and then um they had their opportunity they, I, they just been a disappointment as far as i'm concerned well, you know, one thing that I would want to share, too, is that a few years ago, uh, and when I say a few years, this might have been as many as 10 years ago, I'm not quite sure, but there was a, a managing editor of um, the Virginia Quarterly. It's a publication that's put out by the University of Virginia. He committed suicide. It was a very clear suicide, wow. but they went into an extensive investigation. This even got national attention by, I believe, uh, NBC's The Today Show. There were allegations that this man was bullied to death by his his employer. And I, the reason I bring that up is that this was a very clear case of suicide. There was a note. There was no ambiguities, no question. But people wanted to know, okay, was this man bullied to death? What prompted this individual to take his life? Whereas, you know, this was a case that got, when Molly Miller was reported missing, it got national attention, and then it just disappeared. It went nowhere. It was like, okay, body found in her house after about three days, and that was the end of it. Right. And I was not alone, nor were you, for, or nor were a lot of people wondering, okay, what, what exactly happened? It just disappeared so quickly. As I mentioned, the one individual that he kept, you know, popping up every time I talked to, every time I looked, every time I looked into this case, he was an individual that took to social media days after Molly Miller was found. This was a public post saying that he knew Molly and that he had information. This was not a suicide, that he wanted people to message him if they wanted to know more or wanted to know his information. He even set up an appointment with a local journalist to discuss this. And then he just disappeared. I mean, not physically, but I believe I spoke to the journalist he was supposed to speak to. He said he was canceling it due to the weather. I believe it was snowing. And then he never rescheduled. He just disappeared. And this man was somebody who I will always wonder why the police never questioned this man. Well, that's interesting, too, because we've talked about him a lot. And um, there's a lot of reasons to question him. Oh, yeah. uh, on issues that we haven't even we could do pertained a whole podcast to this. I mean, there, there's this a lot individual. on this guy. You know, it does say a lot about Charlottesville, too. I mean, this guy's, you know, I mean, we're all three degrees of separation. And, uh-huh. uh, I mean, how many people do you know that I know that with it, that just happens to work out that way? I've looked at the people that are around this guy. Yeah, I, I did, too. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, I tell my friends, I go, you know, yeah, you do know people that are, that are involved with this. Well, you know, one thing that really kind of uh, interested me, Russ, was the fact that this man was somebody who, you know, he's he's out there in a he's out there like asking people to ask him information. He also said, which was an interesting uh, thing to bring up, was that he had spoken to police detectives saying that this case was botched. He claimed to have information about this. And, you know, this was and again, this was days after Molly Miller's body was found. When you think the police would have at least questioned this guy, even if he 
was just making this up, exaggerating, or just fabricating this for no reason. And another interesting thing as well is that I spoke to people who he had been friends with, and in some cases even dated, and all of them magically said, oh, I, I hardly knew the guy. I didn't know anything about him. It was really strange how everybody was just dis- distancing themselves from this man. I do know for a fact that he was indeed around Molly Miller because I saw photographic evidence of that. I had people confirm that he was definitely around her. And the interesting thing, too, is that originally Edward Thomas kept changing uh, the account of how often, how much contact this individual had with Molly Miller. At first, he told me, oh, he hardly knew her. They were hardly around each other. And then later on, he's make, he implied that, no, they spent a significant amount of time together. And, and likewise, Edward changed the, um, repeatedly would change the nature of the relationship he had with this individual. Originally, I was told, you know, this is just somebody that I knew who held um, sex parties at my house. I I hardly knew the guy. And then, like, oh, I don't know, a month after he tells me this, he said he was like a surrogate father to me. Okay, there's there's no one on the planet that has sex parties at their house and is laissez-faire about the whole thing um you know i mean just just what i'm thinking right here is is that you know that's a lot of credibility from that person i yeah okay it makes me the eccentric artist and the girl i'm in love with is and they're doing performing sexual acts and all this other stuff and and then whatever his his i don't angle is we're not interested (laughs) i mean that's 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 true you know that that was one of the most challenging parts of doing this podcast because everything that was said to me had to be verified you know multiple times because even even a lot of the people that i interviewed would often contradict themselves i would hear one thing and then i would hear something else and i want to raise that i was you know one of the criticisms that i got was oh you just allowed edward thomas say whatever he wanted to and you believed him no no, absolutely not. I let him tell a version of his story, but I d- verify and double check. And also, you know, Edward was interviewed. He was the subject of episode two. I chose that titled Edward's Story for a particular reason. He was telling me a story, but I was not saying that what Edward was saying was necessarily true because he often contradicted himself. One thing that was definitely clear because I had other people verifying this, I did have photographic evidence, is that Molly Miller was around this individual who set up these parties. He did know the other relationship that she was involved with. He definitely went around telling, it appears, whoever would listen to him that he had information about this and that this was not a suicide. And then all of a sudden he just, you know, clammed up, never spoke about it again. Yeah, the other thing about these, quote, parties, I don't like that word referring to what was these were. Yeah, these weren't really parties. I, they, mean, I didn't know what else to call them. <laughs> and they're trying to hang into the, the kink scene, in a bad name, treating women like livestock, as I've told you before, you know, suffer their interpretation of what being a man is, and that's not it, guys. I was criticized for that. Why are you bringing up these parties? Well, it was significant because it it showed that that Miller was involved with people besides her primary boyfriend and that he appeared to be unaware of these parties. But I have to admit, that was a very uncomfortable thing to hear about what went on at these parties. I mean, they... They, these were not some sort of free love get-togethers. I no. mean, there was. My impression was is that there was very, there was really no love there, and 
I don't think a lot of it was free. Yeah, the not being free part is kind of what intrigued me. To be blunt, that uh, the Route 29 corridor was listening to someone else's podcast about the Route 29 stalker. Yeah. And he mentions that the Route 29 corridor is a heavy corridor for sex trafficking. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. Okay. Between Warrington yeah. to here, there's really nothing mm-hmm. except Culpepper and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They they tend to move them between Charlottesville, Stanton, Harrisonburg, whatever, you know, it's going on around us right here yeah. in this town that likes to fight about statues or something like that. There, there's bigger things going on. And yes, it's happening right here in your backyard. And yes, you do know people connected to it, is what I was told people. And, um, you know, it, I wouldn't say these people are important, but they sure think they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, absolutely. That's what it comes down well, to. Well, <laughs> you know, again, this infamous character who kept popping up, there right. were allegations against him that he was trafficking. I mean, there were significant allegations. And There's a lot of allegations. What it comes down to is this guy's really not a good guy. Um, allegations no, of... I, um, well, it was amazing to me, Russ, how many people washed their hands of him. Oh, I didn't know him. Well, yeah, you did. There was, you know, ample documentation that you knew him, that you were hanging out with this person. I hardly knew him. And another thing that was very interesting is nobody could tell me what this man supposedly did. Supposedly, he was some sort of businessman. I, I think at one point, he even told a couple of people he was in international finance. He wasn't. I could find absolutely no proof of that. And, you know, regardless... the, well, the, the Regardless, I mean, the whole point of it is, you think the police would have at least questioned this person, but well, there was, know, that, that never well, happened. This is really what got me into this, this whole thing is, all right, so she goes missing, mm-hmm. and it, that does happen, people go missing, mm-hmm. and three days later, she shows up hanging in the closet. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Sorry. What a body does in three days, I'm not an expert, but what I've heard, what a body goes through in three days, you're not going to miss that. You're not going to miss a mouse that if it's... If it's been dead for that long, it's gonna you're gonna notice something's gone. Mm-hmm. And saying, well, you know, she was small. She was five nine. She's taller than me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That you know that one. And, and and to tell you the truth, that's where everyone I've talked to who you know exactly who not involved in this podcast. Well, that was the thing that really got to me. I, I mean, as, as as interesting as all this other stuff was, and and the connections, even even if they weren't there, it's the facts. You know, a body is found in a bedroom closet three days later, and you're you're talking about a house that had 1,029 square feet of living uh, space, and even less than that, considering the upstairs was not in use. How do you miss that? And and one thing that I want to bring up to the listeners is that after uh, Miller's body was found, there was an investigation by the Commonwealth's attorney. That was verified by Molly's maternal aunts, and that was verified uh, by Edward Thomas. And he did produce proof. He produced proof in the forms of emails from the Commonwealth attorney. And one of the things that was quite interesting is that the Commonwealth attorney did agree to meet with Edward Thomas, which was very surprising to me. And it was very clear in the emails. I have copies. It was to discuss Molly Miller's death, which mm-hmm. I i don't have any experience in that, but I thought, okay, the Commonwealth attorney is going to meet with a man who uh, was the only suspect when she went missing. That's interesting. Uh, and, and plus, too, uh, my understanding is, and anybody out there can correct me if I'm wrong, is that they don't normally open investigations into suicides. I, I mean, I, I mean, they, 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 I mean, I mean, I don't think the Commonwealth's attorney opens investigations into suicides. I yeah, suicide's usually clear cut, but usually there's behavior that goes on before a suicide. Is it? And after talking with FedEx, 
she was not in a suicidal mood when she came into FedEx that day, as usual. She had the dog. She had on flip-flops. It was about minus 17. It was freezing out. She would come in all the time and do the COD, mm-hmm. as we talked about. Yeah. It, if you are over the age of 35... You're you, not going to know what that if is. If you're under the age of 35, <laughs> you're not, no one does yeah. CODs anymore. I mean... I apparently, apparently them. you can still do them though. I, I, yeah, I thought I was, they were gone. <laughs> I thought they had gone the way of the dinosaur. Well, I thought that, yeah, I, I thought, thought like the typewriter had... had more use in them. And this person, that's one of the other triggers. Why would you go buy groceries that day, anyways, if you don't plan on living the next day? And uh, that's, you, you know, another thing too is that she did text Edward Thomas saying that she was going to pay him back the seven hundred dollars that she owed and go to his uh, New Year's Eve party that weekend. That that happened. I saw well, she the, didn't go to the party, but yeah. The text. No, no. I mean, yeah. she, she sent those texts, and that was the day that she was reported missing. It was the, uh, I, I think it was around 5 p.m. that afternoon. I strongly believe there's more than one or two people involved in this thing. Um, I, I don't know necessarily think that uh, she was uh, murdered either. Um, yeah, that, I, you know, that's, I, I, I don't that, know I mean, what happened to. I mean, that was the whole point. Not, not. It was like what, what happened, or from what I understand, from what we, the information that we gathered, from yeah. what I understand, these sex parties were kind of BDSM onto the edge play, as they say, kind of extreme. Um, they could have gotten into breath play, you know, strangulation. It just, it, it was going way over the top. The consensual part really wasn't there as much as it should have been if it was legit. Based on numerous reports. And right there, you know, if this evidence is correct, we know what that is. If, they, if, they've, if it's not consensual, if money changed hands, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I, I don't know what that sounds like to me. Uh, yeah. And, you know, again, you think the Charlottesville police would have at least looked into this. You have somebody missing who's associating with individuals that should have at least been questioned. And there was, to the best of my knowledge, none of that. Well, you know, one thing is is Charlottesville is that, you know, I remember that if you wanted to come into town and build something, you could get people to fight it. Yeah. If you wanted to uh, hold a protest downtown for something that's going on in D.C., you could easily do it. Oh, absolutely. You can absolutely <laughs> find somebody to do that, okay? Um, you can find these social justice people out there. Oh, absolutely. But um, when it comes to something like this, there's a lot of people that are just being quiet. We know that. We know that. So there's a lot of people out there that are okay living this way, I guess. I did have, you know, just to, just to share, I did have people that knew uh, that knew Molly who, you know, told me like, oh, by the way, I, I think that this is really strange. I think this is really weird. And, uh, you know, or that they did not believe the verdict of suicide. And I said, well, you would, but each time, would you be willing to talk on record? Oh, no, no. Please don't tell anyone that I even told you this because I don't want to get involved. In fact, that was the phrase that I heard most often. I don't want to get involved and um, please don't tell anyone that I told you this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's like one song, Operation Ivy said, you know, the pack's together, it's a battle cry, but when I catch you alone, you won't look me in the eye. We're dealing with a lot of that. Yeah, there's a lot of blowhards in this town. That's all I'm going to say right now. This mic's been open. I even told you, go, we can open the mic for anyone. Let them come in and tell their story. Absolutely. And, I mean, um, th- then that still applies. I mean, we will keep you anonymous. And if you want to tell your story, you know, tell tell the story. Um, a lot of the criticism that I that I received, I mean, there was one notice, noticeable um, amount. There, there was one noticeable encounter. And I remember it quite well because it was the first day of the Virginia Film Festival. So I think that was in October. It was somebody who knew Anson Parker and they approached me very upset and said, you know, I was a lousy, 
lousy writer, lousy journalist, lousy person in general. Didn't quite use that word, used harsh language. Yes. I, I, was, I was incredibly calm and said, okay, thank you for your feedback. You're entitled to your opinion. And I do believe that. I mean, seriously, I, people are entitled to think what they want to. But one of the things that this person said to me was, do you have any idea, you know, how much hurt and how much pain that you inflicted? And I very calmly, uh, and you know, it's, it's very hard to remain calm when somebody is literally inches from you when they're shaking with rage, which this person was. But I said very calmly, I said, you know, this was not about choosing sides. My only alliance was was to the truth. I didn't know any of these people. I did not come out thinking, okay, this is what happened to Molly Miller. This is who I'm going to believe. This is the good guy. This is the bad guy. I mean, and this person in particular was saying that I was basically doing the bidding of Edward Thomas, which was very hilarious because, as you know, Ross, Edward did not like the podcast. Edward regretted his involvement with the podcast. I have not heard from him in almost a year because he was not happy with the results of the podcast. So it was really funny to think well, that well, I was actually, doing one thing I, I really want to point out is that, you know, the hit back that you've received that you're a lousy person, you shouldn't be covering. The public's reaction to me around town and we're talking going out to Madison and uh, people I know outside of town, people in Albemarle, Charlottesville, everywhere else. No one has been that way towards me. Uh, especially, uh, what's the term we're supposed to use nowadays? People of color? Yeah. They're saying that, they're saying, you know, um, it wouldn't be, in three days I'd be, in, you know, in jail. And uh, and uh, I'm not one to pull the card either that that of white privilege and all that. You know, I'm tired of hearing all these things. I, my reaction from people has been nothing but, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to tune into that because I want to. I always had a lot of questions about that. No one's ever said, you know, you're helping Edward Thomas build a, a narrative or, or whatever like that. Because I, I don't even know who Edward Thomas is, believe it or not. He's a great artist or something like that. I, I had I, never I, heard of him either it, before it, it, I did this. I, I, I literally could not have picked his work out of a lineup. I mean, and I've lived here since 2001. So, and you know, if, if somehow he was paying me to write this, well, I'm still waiting for those checks because <laughs> I, I received absolutely nothing from, from, from uh, making this. And you know, it's interesting when you bring up the reactions of people of color because um, I have had uh, several people of color and I mean, I'm a minority woman myself. And if I was found with a body in my house, you can bet that I would be taken in for questioning at the very least. And some people went even further and said, you know, I would still probably be in jail in a holding cell. And, you know, another thing, too, was that people wondered if this case attracted attention in the first place because you had a young white woman who was presumed to have been kidnapped off the streets, which, you know, unfortunately, that's the sort of narratives the media goes with. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, never mind that there are are lots of um, women of color that go missing quite a bit, especially trans women of color, and yet you never hear those stories. It's just like mm, they're missing. Well, I mean, we, we had one, a young, we had a young trans woman of right, color that went sage, missing here. Sage, who's been missing, yeah, yeah, uh, has not been found. Apparently, uh, if I remember the story, the person who is involved in that is not saying anything. He's in prison. Exactly. That, that's the situation there. You know, one thing I noticed when I left the D.C. area is that there are a lot of missing, you know, I was in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Uh There's a lot of missing stories up there. And it's funny, a year later, they'll show up on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. And, you know, I started hearing more about missing stories here. You know, we all remember the the Metallica concert issue. Yeah. And a couple of years later, the the issue with um, the other girl that, you know, had wandered away from the party and ended up downtown. Yeah. uh, We all know about that. But, you know, during all that time, these, quote, parties were going on. And there's a lot of people out there that knew that. I wasn't one of them. Um, I don't hang in those circles, I guess. 
Sometimes I feel like we were the some of the only people in Charlottesville who didn't know about this. I mean, that that was the that that was kind of the fascinating thing to me. That was not ever a crowd that I hung with. It was not something that I was interested in. But it's the the number of people that were going to these parties. I mean, that you know, again, going down that rabbit hole, which this episode is about. uh, It was fascinating how there was no control over this. I can remember the thing that shocked me the most was, um, you know, people were just showing up. They heard about these through friends people were showing up which they probably uh, did they probably heard it through their friends yeah. and, they, and i'm sure their friends were careful about who they told it to except for one so, person you know, the saying, one person for, that we're talking about uh the, the one person yeah. that we're talking about no 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 i mean it, it was basically like yeah come on and the thing that shocked me the most was the non-stop picture taking as i shared when i heard about these parties that were going on and i heard that molly had been uh had been involved in these parties i said to uh edward thomas i said okay can you give me proof of that and he said wait a minute uh you know i'll get people to text you pictures and literally within 10 minutes i had a about oh my gosh i had about 12 photos them i mean the uh, 12 very very explicit photos and I, I had no idea who any of these people were i i guess he just put the word out hey text these photos to this number and i have no idea to this day who they were who who was sending me these but they were time stamped everybody i mean everybody's face was visible and that was a thing that i really could not understand well, that you know I, I mean these were people that had a lot to lose and i think that one thing Thing. Um, I heard from somebody that was actually approached to be one of the girls at this party, and she turned it down. But she said that, that apparently there was this feeling of security because Edward Thomas had this gate around his house. Uh, you're away. It's for, mm-hmm. for our listeners. You had this gate, and you had to punch in like a key code. And I think that gave people the sense there was of like, cameras too. Yeah, there, we, there were cameras. Oh, that, allegedly thing there too. were cameras. Oh, I mean, that's, uh, a, that's another thing too. I don't think the people were aware that you know Edward had quite a lot of cameras in the house. I, I know because I saw this, but they were in the living room. They were in the base. They were all well, in the places where these activities were taking. Place. I mean, these people, even if they weren't being snapped by uh, camera phones, they were being video recorded. Well, one thing we also know is that, first off, these things, we've, we have verified this. Okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say, yeah. there's a lot of stuff we haven't verified that we but could this say. this is verifiable. But I'm going to tell you that one thing people don't know is that these parties were going on long before Edward Thomas's house. Yeah, they were. Oh, yes. And they continued afterwards. Oh, yeah. They moved to a nearby county. That's all I got to say. Yeah. And behind that gate, yeah. it was going on there. I don't know what's going on today. I had at least 10 people all say, oh, yeah, you know, accuse this man of pimping. And by the way, I did reach out to this man, too, since he wanted to talk and say, hey, you know, what about these allegations? Never heard a word from him. I did get a working uh, phone number, and I never heard a word. And, you know, again, that's something that's really interesting, considering uh, this person, you know, claimed that she was a very close friend. And that's another thing, too. No mention of her whatsoever on, on, uh, on a social media, even though this is somebody who was on social media quite a bit it is really strange you know how all these people just kind of clammed up well, not I mean, only was he on social media he's been in the press regarding the robert e lee statue yeah and, in, in the press and has spoken before city council somebody who did not shy away from controversy at all after the ninth of right rally uh this person again took to social media this was actually before the the, the ninth right rally saying that various area businesses should serve neo-nazis that were coming it did not make him a <laughs> very popular person needless to say but also 
after Unite the Right, he was one of the only person that I was aware of that was publicly defending Jason Kessler. For, for our listeners his... outside the Charlottesville area, that oh yeah, tell just them. to give you an idea, Kessler was the fish bait in this whole Unite the Right rally thing. Yeah, it was the Nazi rally that idea. everyone knows yeah. Charlottesville about yeah. now. The people that he had, these groups that came to Charlottesville cut their ties with him immediately. Yeah. So and, and this, this guy is standing him. up yes. for them. Okay, I mean, yes. we're talking guys who um, used him to make sure this rally happened. You know, the next day, man, we can't stand behind this guy. This and isn't what White Pride's all about, whatever. But, you know, Kessler's his own little um, special person out there. Oh, yeah. yeah and, and, I mean, and to give you another example, supposedly this individual as well, he was banned from some local media sites for being an internet troll. I mean, I saw him in action. He Normally his MO was that he would go to news sites and, and public threads and his favorite targets were really to go after women, particularly minority women, and to get into flame wars and to troll them. I mean, it was really... This is somebody who's looking for attention, who's seeking it out, and claims that he has this information, and then just, you know, disappears. And, you know, one other interesting thing as well is that, according to Edward Thomas, this was the man who broke the news to him that Molly was dead. He claimed that this man was over at his house, they went for a walk, and that he got a phone call and told Edward the news. And, you know, again, this is the man that late Edward Thomas later says was like a surrogate father figure. And, and now, of course, I don't know, the last I heard many months ago was now, now, now Edward's claiming he hardly knew him. So... Well, Edward's Edward. Um, I, yeah, that's I really one way to don't give him it. much of anything. Yeah, this guy is um, showing up a lot. Someone in out there listening to this knows who we're talking about. You know, you can be the wannabe social justice warrior type, or you can say something. It's up to you of what you can live with. I couldn't live that way. You know, when I had that exchange with the very upset individual who was very close to Anson Parker, the the, the whole, um, the only side that we were ever on was for the truth and to find out what right. happened. And I mean, this does impact our community. You know, you think that when somebody goes missing, whether it's somebody that you care about, whether it's your partner, whether it's or whether it's you, you would expect the police to do a thorough job well, of, of investigating that. Especially and, if you have a history. And yeah, I mean, these are issues that really impact the community. And one thing about Charlottesville is that people will, you know, people will, will talk about things for a very long time. I mean, you know, the statues, what we were in the news for. This was first brought up nearly eight years ago. They're still in the news. I mean, just uh, just this uh, past week. Before that, it was the Parkway. Yeah, before that, it was the Parkway. I mean, these are issues that stay in the news that people, you know, are concerned about. But this was just a case that had so much going on to it, so much, and it just just disappeared. I mean, I... Well, I, it was a weekend story, if you think about it. Three days, I guess that was how long the story... I don't know how long it was. I can't yeah, remember. She, it was she really disappeared quick. on a Friday, yeah. And I used to park in that neighborhood. Yeah. Because at the time, I was working over at EVA. You know, I've seen the house. What it comes down to is somebody does not go missing one day, and you find them in the, the closet of the house that day. That does not happen. It just doesn't happen. Now, maybe she mm-hmm. wasn't there the whole time. I don't know. But you're going to notice a dead body. Yeah. It'll be grotesque because that's what it's um, i'm not saying it was a murder either like i said it could have been sex play it could have been it could have been a suicide been a i suicide. mean, really I mean that, been. that was the point none of us were like well, what happened but all all, all of we can really but there's say three is things there was, there's yeah. three things first off she had cancer it was crotum it was a suicide oh okay they, they made three different reasons and no one sits there and goes wait a minute i've heard three different stories here and i'm like well, that was one of, you know that 
that's one of the things too that was always a mystery to me i mean why there was this the the story that she had cancer no that was definitively false this was and, and there was no correction about that i mean that was the thing that, that i really did not understand i mean to uh the best of my knowledge they never uh, by they i i mean the local media store the source that ran with this this was legit media source never corrected that nope and that's the first thing you have to do when you make a mistake is you have to correct it exactly you know and i pointed out that and she didn't die of an overdose of carotom either that was also proven that yeah the carotom thing i think that should just go away yes she was getting carotom and she was using carotom but no she didn't no i mean okay she od'd on carotom cancer Uh, got her suicide you know and then you know pick your poison you know what I'm saying? And this is not Rasputin we're dealing with here. It's not like, it's, exactly. it's not it's, a, you know, it's, it's not going to take six ways to kill somebody or six ways for somebody to kill themselves or six ways for people to die. It's usually one way. Exactly. And uh, we sh- show up in the closet on the third day. Oh, so we didn't look here. Or uh, yeah. was the house even used as a crime scene? Uh, you know, that's a really good question. To the best of my knowledge, based on my sources, that house was never uh, w- w- I, that house was was never used as a crime scene. In fact, the, the yellow police tape was not even put up until after Molly was found. And you and I do know for a fact because this was verified by members of Molly's family. You had multiple people going in and out of that house. You had friends of the couple. You had Anson Parker's family, and you had Molly Miller's family all going in and out of that house. Another crazy rabbit hole was. Well, we could do an entire podcast on that. Was was the man that the, was the co-worker of Anson Parker that climbed over Edward Thomas's place? Again, you think if the that police happened. would? Have, I, did <laughs> I don't know I saw, if that happened well, or not. Well, I saw the text in which from this man mm-hmm. that um yeah it, that that does appear that it happened the it way it did that, happen because in broad daylight going over a retaining wall over a fence. I always just say uh huh. Well, you know, that is a really good point. You just, he, I did remember the message. He said, hi, this is so-and-so. Remember, I scared the hell out of you. But that could mean several things. Uh, yeah, that is an, you know, that is a really good point. That, Again, we heard that from a certain person when we're just not listening. You know, exactly. That's, why I, that's really why I question it. I mean, exactly. you could well, have said it was a sunny day. It was probably raining that day. I don't know. You, I, you, I, you know, you have a very valid point. I mean, <laughs> the, the whole thing of it is, I, I think, for, for any, anyone who calls themselves a reporter or calls themselves a journalist, you know, and, and that, that is journalism 101. You have to verify everything. But I think in this case, it was like verify everything three or four times because you never well, knew. The other thing is you've reached out to a lot of people who, yeah, have, I did. who have not responded. Yes. I would want to clear my name here. If I was reached out to, I would respond. <laughs> okay. Especially in a situation like this. We're not talking about some kid stealing gum from the candy store. Or, you know, you think at the very least that those that were close to her would want to say, no, she did not have cancer. I mean, you and I both lost fathers or respective fathers to cancer. And I mean, you know, I lost three people in one year to cancer. It's not something like a heart attack. Yeah, really. It can be very aggressive. Like my father had the two before that one had a post chemo heart attack. That was kind of shocking. The other one was a girl who had a a waitress. She had um, a very rare form of cancer and she on record is the person living the longest with that cancer wow uh, yes and she'd gone through the chemo and she's gone through everything like that and going through chemo is not like going to the dentist no no uh, i remember uh, my father going through chemo and it's gonna affect you yeah. personally um my father didn't even get the chemo that's how fast he, he wow. went yeah 
but when someone has cancer, it's very aggressive. It, it will change him and it, her, and it will change you. Yeah. It's not something that just, oh, I have cancer, walk around with it. Well, plus also, too, when, and I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that nearly everybody knows somebody who, uh, nearly all of us know somebody who has cancer, was affected by cancer. That There seems, sense, tends to be a sense of like, like, I wouldn't want people to think, you know, I mean, for instance, I, I had a cancer scare. As it turns out, I did not have cancer. I mean, I would be very vehement to say, no, I did not have cancer. I never had it. And you would also think, too, that if you had a, a family member, a loved one, and people were going around saying that they had cancer, you would want to say, no, that was not the case at all. I, I mean, that was a weird thing, too, because, I, I mean, and one thing to keep in mind is that um, Miller's mother, she wrote that Facebook post saying that she was going to make it a mission to warn people about the dangers of Kratom. Well, to the best of my knowledge, uh, I, I can't recall anything, a, any more mention of Kratom. No, and in fact, I don't really hear much talk about Kratom in general. People do use it. I knew somebody does use it. She's not dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's all I can say about Kratom. You can get it. It's it's not something you have to get from a dealer. You can go out there and get it. It's out there. People yeah. are using it. Yeah, I know, I know exactly where she... The government hasn't done anything yeah. to stop it, and uh, that's all I know about Kratom. Um, I did see someone take it and did not have a very good experience. She, uh dizzy and had to go to the bathroom and throw up to get it out of her system uh-huh. and i remember you talking about the time you used it and yeah, it made didn't me sound very like a nauseous. very did sound like something that you i would want to experience myself but i mean well the kratom is a red herring I, I, I just always thought why are they why are they jumping on kratom and, and there was another interesting thing too is that one of the people uh, that miller was um suspected to be involved with shall we say they had a family member go on social media. I found this post. It was it was posted after Molly died. You know, talking about the dangers of kratom. I mean, really jumping on this kratom bandwagon, and uh, you know, again saying that now people would recognize how dangerous kratom was. But but then you know there was never any sort of follow up or anything. It, it was it was just a very odd coincidence that this person who, to the best of my knowledge, didn't even know Miller was just commenting saying oh yes the uh, yes this is this was definitely a case of, of crot i'm doing this mm-hmm. i'm like okay okay again so, so many weird uh rabbit holes but um with me personally what it got to me was like okay this case was wrapped up too quick yeah it was a gift to the media the yeah, local it media it really was a gift you have this story to cover in the dead zone yeah all right there's reporters out there that will cover, you know, when a restaurant's closing or something like that. Yeah. And um, but you know, you had this in the wake of what happened a few months earlier with the Unite the Right yeah. rally. I blame the media. I really do. As a former reporter, I would have jumped on this story. Oh yeah, uh, I really would have. Maybe that's why I'm a former reporter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like you and I joked, you know, a hobby writer and a washed up yeah, writer, I mean, reporter. You know, I mean, we've, we've done we, more of this, and then I was like. <laughs> one thing people cannot accuse us of having these giant egos and thinking we were like woodward and bernstein i mean we were just you know and and one thing though in all seriousness we didn't have to dig deep to find out this information i mean this i I didn't even call it like scratching the surface it was more like just blowing dust and i'm finding out all this information and again uh, the thing that i kept thinking was okay if i can find this information you can find this information why weren't the police and, and, and the media, people that are professionals, why were they not finding this information? I mean, I, that was the thing that I just, I, I still think that's one of the biggest questions. 
you know, oh, yeah. a, a dead body after three days is going to be noticeable if you don't know where it is. And the media should jump on this. That's, that's really my thing about this. And, and you know, and, you know, again, I, it's fine. They want to let us do it. We have the time. But, you know, and I mean, again, that, that offer does stand. If anybody wants to ever talk to us, open mic, totally uh, take us up on that offer. I mean, I seriously would like to hear from everybody in this, including mm-hmm. in, including that infamous character. I mean, really, this is, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. You wanted to talk. Here's your opportunity to talk with one or both of us. Right. Tell us what you know. I, it was important enough for you to go to social media. Oh, and one more thing, just to end. When I said that he was literally telling this to anyone that would listen, I actually met a couple who were in a bar. And this man mentioned this case i mean this was to a couple who didn't even he was the one who brought it up it was completely cold he's like oh hi did you hear about molly miller's death i have this information um and he even brought up those infamous parties just like that yeah just like that i mean apparently this couple i i met them i did not know them before that but they're telling me this and and they said that you know it was this kind of this uncomfortable feeling they're like okay, who's this individual and why is he telling us this? But I mean, this should tell you something when you're literally going up to total strangers and saying that. That's, well, that sounds like somebody who really wants to get, who really wants to be heard. Yeah, apparently. You know, we we don't really even know where he is. We heard that he moved an hour away, but who knows? Maybe it well, what he claims to have been a grad of a McIntyre he, School or, or the Darden he School. He that he had an MBA from Darden. No, no he didn't. No. no, absolutely not. See, well, what the thing is, is, how can you make a claim like that well, and you know, get away with it? I mean, well, it's, it's, you know, if you're going to lie about where you attended school at, it's not a good idea to lie about it in the town where, where that school is located. Look, where that school yeah. is located, where people can look this up. But yeah, you. And getting an MBA from Darden is not like getting an MBA from anywhere else. That's very no, prestigious. Okay, no, 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 they're no. not going to just take somebody in the. Uh, And and one more thing, since again, we're going down the rabbit hole, the funniest thing that came out of this was um, one individual who I never mentioned because, frankly, they had nothing to do with this case that I could find, actually called up the radio station and said, hi, was I mentioned at all in this, which was really, which was really hilarious. Again, well, I never even thought that you were in any way involved in this, but hey, if you want to share your story, I'm more than willing to listen. Again, I'm bringing this up because this is not a good idea to uh we're talking about people that were listed as powerful by the seville yeah yeah one of those yeah yeah definitely it was listed one. as a power player yeah. i mean mm-hmm. you know if you want to know whether or not you're mentioned in a podcast you can download it and listen to the episodes but yeah and then that and 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 uh just for the record i've never had any contact with this individual we've never been facebook friends we've never i've never socialized with this person but yeah this person made it a point to call up the radio station and, and that's another person who were... a lot of my people that i know are actually friends with yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. and people have asked me, and I've told them, and a lot of them don't believe me. I don't know how Molly Miller died. You know, it could be, it could be, that's why I did this podcast, started it, because I didn't know. But one thing I will say is that it appears there were a lot of people, a lot more than the, than the Charlottesville police who originally said she was only in contact with four people. No, there were more than four people, and there were more than four people who knew about the activities that were going on that were not taking place with the boyfriend. That, that's been established. That that's, is a fact. That is a fact. Yes. That is a fact. We have a lot of loose ends also, but 
you know, if anyone knows anything, let us know. You can come on. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so don't let's don't, don't go around saying, you know, oh, we're just trying to build up someone else's narrative of something. No, we don't. We're not. We're not. And we're, we're not out to do this to become famous or to, you, you know, establish ourselves. And that we're, we're kind of at the point now. We're not going to be establishing new careers. I mean, no. it's really kind of no. And I mean, you know, again, anybody that takes issue with anything, this has been verified. This has been verified, and what has been said is—it's a fact. It's um, a fact. It's yep. a fact. We're only going with the facts. You know, I've even been very careful of telling you, as your advising producer, you can't do that. Exactly. You know, there's a lot exactly. of things I said. Let's not do that. And um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, neither of us want to be sued, and neither of us—I mean, on a serious <laughs> note—neither uh, of us want to ruin anybody's life. I mean, you know, I've always said if you want to go to get a sex party you're you're into whatever kink you know go for it we're all adults and not my place to judge but you know i was not out to ruin anybody's life i was um you know i was just out for the truth and you know the point of the matter is is that as i mentioned in one of the earliest episodes if we wanted to go salacious and make this all about just insane you know gossip we, we could have gone there but that right. was not the focus the focus was on what happened to this young woman and how the police and the local media apparently did not and that's investigate. Why, and honestly, is, that's why, because we're going with factual stuff, that's why we're not popping out a podcast every week. Exactly. A lot of podcasts have been done after the fact. Yeah. That Route 29 stalker one. Absolutely. After the fact. A number, you know, true crime or whatever, after Absolutely. the fact. Uh, history stuff. Obviously, after the fact. This is what's going on. So... Well, you know, yeah. Russ, the, the, I put out that first episode in April of 2019, uh, and if you had told me that a year from now I would still be putting out episodes, that this would still be ongoing, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but this is ongoing because yes, is. Um, there, there's no ending to this. There's People can be in agreement with. None of this was typical. It just, you know, and I've lived here as long as you have, and I'm, yeah, I'm we, a, we, quote, we, yeah. transplant. I always said this one, certain things about Charlottesville. First off, it's very pretentious, and it is. It is, yeah. It's extremely safe, which I've always thought it was. Yeah. I mean, but I've also said that this is a great place to come to if you want to be something that you couldn't be in New York or D.C. Absolutely. I've always said that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I came here right from living in London. I mean, that was the one thing that kind of sh- shocked me about Charlottesville. There were a lot of people that claimed to be things that they absolutely weren't. Even going back to Edward, like he claims he's an architect. No, actually he's not. He's got a degree from UVA's architecture school, but he is not licensed. He never worked as an architect. He told me that himself. So, you know, but he was somebody who claimed to be an architect. And, you know, his friend, the one that originally I barely knew the guy, he was my surrogate father figure. You know, he claimed that he was an international businessman. Well, he wasn't. I can remember. <laughs> I, I can, that was funny. That's I mean, the one thing is these claims are so grandiose. Well, that was really funny because I actually remember somebody made that claim to me and I said to the, I said to her, I said, oh, so did he get up early to, you know, check the markets? And she's like looking at me like, huh? But I said, you know, like, like, like the footsie, the Nikkei, I might as well have been speaking Aramaic. And I'm thinking, this guy was not an international businessman. No, no, Um, he wasn't at all. No. Um, I mean, uh, I, I knew those, I, I knew international business people. You know, here and in London, and no, 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 no. And that was, you know, that was another thing too. What did he 
actually do for a living? Uh, again, I think the character like this could only get away with this stuff. Really, in a place like Charlottesville, D.C., London, nah, New York. Boston, uh-uh. I lived up there, and they had oh, some, no. no um, New York, there's a million different ways that this would not have happened. Take ownership in your city. I mean, this is happening in your city. Exactly. All right? This is not good stuff, either. This is really bad, making the city look bad, making you look bad if you're looking the other way. It might make you feel comfortable today, but it's not going to make you feel comfortable years from now. And maybe that's why some individuals that were very involved in that, maybe that's why they had such a desire to change history, you know, to change narratives completely. It wasn't wasn't just about changing little tweaks, but just completely rewriting history. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how we've been ghosted by certain people. Yeah, it is. I mean... Completely ghosted. And the thing is, it's not people that... The people I know aren't the people that you know. Yeah. I was ghosted immediately by one person... Yeah. And it was just brought up. I wasn't even involved with this. I was just brought up. You just brought up the case. I, I didn't even bring up the case. I just brought up the story while it was going on. Mm-hmm. And bam, ghosted. And I was like, wow. And then you talked the same thing. Yeah. I, I, it, was, it was crazy, too. So like, people are really being hurt here. Yeah. I mean, Damaged. It, was, it was just basically like, okay, it, you know, hammer fell and that was it. And I was like, okay, well, what is going on? So. And anyway, any uh, anyway, thank you for doing this, Ross. I really appreciate it. And well, also, thanks for allowing me to do it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And also, our offer stands. Anyone who wants to talk to us, contact right us. Here. You know, thank you very much for listening and your support. Thank you for listening to Missing Molly, an original podcast concerning the early 2018 death of Charlottesville resident Molly Miller. Opinions expressed have been solely those of the participants. Missing Molly was written and produced by Kimberly Lowe, with engineering and editing from Mike Friend. Original artwork from Natalie Jacobson. Music composed and performed by Sam Whedon. Digital assistance is from John Taylor. With special thanks to Todd Ely, Lori Goodbody, Stephanie Bottoms, Josh Bontrager, Tina Hicks, Courtney Stewart, Lloyd Snook, and Edward Thomas. For more information, you can contact Missing Molly Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>